Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace this morning. We're continuing our series on Christ, our healer, and we're going to be reading Luke chapter 17 today. Luke chapter 17, we're going to be looking at the attitude that you should have once you've been healed. The attitude that you should have once you've been healed. And we're going to see the example of one leper and, of course, also the example of nine lepers um, or the lack of an example there. Uh, But it says in Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 1, Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offense should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourself. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day, return to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And which of you, having a servant, plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come from the field, come at once and sit down and eat? But when he... Uh, But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I've eaten and drunk, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did the thing which he commanded him? I think not. So likewise, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a a certain village, and there met him ten who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices, and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that they went and they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and he fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? And where and were they not? And were and were, <laughs> excuse me, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except the foreigner? And he said to them, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here, see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. And he said to his disciples, The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them, for as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to another part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until that day Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they brought 
they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained with fire and brimstone from the heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, it will be in the day of the Son of Man is revealed, in a day that uh, he who is in the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two men in the one bed, and one will be taken, and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together, and they will be taken, and one will be taken, and the other left. Two men will be in the field, and the one will be taken, and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? So he said unto them, Wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Now, of course, we're looking here at this example of the uh, ten lepers in verses 11 through 19, and let me just read it again for us to refresh us as to what it said. It it says, Now it happened as he went into Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered into a certain village, and there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that when they went and they were cleansed, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned with a loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face and his feet, uh, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? And where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And he said unto him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Now, the first thing I want us to understand here is that lepers were ones who were outside of the village. They were to go, and when people were to walk towards them, they were to go and to shout, unclean, unclean, because leprosy is a disease, of course, that passes when you get into close proximity of people. Now, I think it's very interesting and noteworthy to, to see that they go and they cry out with their voice and they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And this is a lesson that we can learn when it comes to healing, something that's practical that we need. You need to speak out to God. You know, God knows that you need healing. He understands that. He knows this. But you need to go and to cry out to him. You need to use your voice and you need to speak and you need to pray and you need to call out to him and ask him to heal you. You see, it takes humility to cry out to God. And there are times when we might complain to others, but not cry out to God. Isn't that an easy position to go and to have? One that we are going and we're complaining to others as opposed to going and crying out to God. It's so easy to get caught up in that exact thing where we're going and we're saying, oh, oh man, I've got this ache or I've got this pain, but have you stopped and prayed about it? Have you really stopped and gone and cried out to God? If you want to be healed, you need to pray to God. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. Don't let your pride get in the way of the healing that you need. But there is something you should understand too as to why pride does in fact get in the way, and that's because you need grace in order to be healed. You need it. 
And God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. So humble yourself and cry out to God. These lepers had nothing to be proud of. They, they, they just stayed in the back of the outside of the city, and they went and they cried out, unclean, unclean. Let me tell you, every ounce of their pride would have been gone. And they showed that here as they cried out in humility, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, I find it interesting Jesus' response as well, because Jesus' response is important for us to understand. He says this, go show yourselves to the priests. Go show yourselves to the priests. You know, Jesus, you know who he is? He's the high priest. He's the greatest high priest. He's the, the eternal high priest of the order of Melchizedek. That's who Jesus is. He's greater than the Levitical priesthood. He's greater than all those priests. He knew they were clean. He could have just said, hey, you're clean. Don't worry about it. Just go into town. Go do your thing now. You're good. But Jesus specifically says, go show yourself to the priests. Now, why does he do that? It's because it was the order that God set up. Jesus was going and submitting to the order that God gave, and he was telling them, you need to submit to that order as well. And so this is important when it comes to healing, because it, it, though it is most likely that your healing is going to come through being connected to the people of God, through being connected to the church, because that's where grace flows, it is possible that you're at home and you cry out to God, and God goes and has mercy upon you and heals you. That, that is something that, that can happen. It's also possible that it just happens you know, during, uh, during a service when you're connected with the people of God. But it's your responsibility to go show yourself to the priest, to go show yourself to the pastor, and to tell of what God has done in your life. It's your responsibility. It's your job to go and to do that. Why? Well, it's because, first of all, it's part of God's order. But second of all, it's also because it creates a testimony where it builds the faith of others. And as Jesus goes and he says, "By your, uh, arise and go your way, your faith has made you whole. It's so important that we build the faith of others. It's so important that we have faith. And so we need to share what God is doing in our life. This applies to healing, but it also applies to so many other things. You need to be a testimony teller of what God is doing in your life. You need to be going out and telling others about who Jesus is, what he has done in your life. And that includes other Christians because God wants to build their faith through the things that your faith has been built by and your faith has been exercised by. So go and tell others. It's so important. But finally, I want to see what the response was. There were 10 that were healed, but only one returned and gave thanks and glorified God. The other 10, I'm sure that they were very happy that they were healed. I'm sure that they were very excited that they were healed. But only one truly glorified God, and only one truly gave thanks. And you see, this is what is important once you get healed. I believe that there's going to be healing of people who are listening 
to this podcast, not because of this podcast, but because of the Word of God that is going out, and you're going to hear it, and you're going to obey the Word of God, and you're going to apply these principles to your life, and you're going to be healed. And so now you need to know, or you're going to need to know, what to do. Maybe you all, maybe you already been healed. I don't know if you have. That's awesome. Let me know. But one is that you need to glorify God with this. It's not about you. It's not even about your pastor or the person who prayed for you. It's about God. And you need to point the glory to God. And you need to go and to cry out and praise the Lord and glorify Him and tell others about how great your God is. Tell them about how He is, in fact, Jehovah Rapha. The next thing is that you need to be thankful. You know, so many times we pray to God, we humble ourselves, we pray to God. He answers and even gives us what we want, maybe even sometimes, yes and amen, so much more. But then I find it's really easy to forget that follow-up of saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't it easy to forget that part? To just go on your way with the expectation, because, you know, I was expecting God to do something. But yeah, even though you're expecting God to do something, the proper response is still to stop and to thank God for what he has done. When you receive healing, you need to glorify God, tell others how great he is and who he is, that he is Jehovah Rapha, and then, too, you need to thank your God for what he has done. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. But even in darkness We hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been fighting Will end in God's timing Sing like the battle's been won Then you feel it The song that is rising Then you can't help but let it out If you're trusting in faith Already begun Know that God's up to something